0: Well, good morning. Come on, man. Welcome to Memorial Weekend, somebody. I mean, you're not at the lake. You should give yourself a hand. I mean, that's pretty impressive that you're here. You made it to church. You're powering through. But, man, so grateful for for Memorial Weekend and all that it entails and just those who serve and just continue to just fight for our freedom and those who have given their life for this. And um, so incredible. We live in Military City, and so... If you if you serve in our if you serve in the armed forces currently, would you raise your hand? We want to just give it up for you. Anybody in here? Come on, let's give it up for them. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to just preach God's word to you this morning. My wife is uh, at our family reunion, and so I came solo this morning to church. And uh, but man, it's good to be in the house of God with you and. Uh, We have a special guest with us this morning who doesn't want to be made known, probably, but um, somebody who's pastored me over the last five years, really giving me me a heart for discipleship and how to disciple and what that looks like. And from Crossbridge Church, we have Pastor Kirk Freeman in the house. So can you all give it up for Pastor Kirk? He came with his wife, Debbie, and his family this morning. So grateful you're here. Truly honored and blessed by you and your friendship. If you have your Bibles, turn to Second Corinthians chapter nine. That's where we're going to be this morning. Second Corinthians chapter nine, as we continue um, our seeds series, and we're talking about seeds. The theme of seeds in the Bible, how it correlates to different analogies. We we see that the seed of the gospel, or the kingdom of God, coming into our soil and growing inside of us, and the kingdom expanding inside of us and then out of us. We've seen that. We've seen the gospel message of this, and this is a message today about not, not necessarily the, the, the gospel seed. Yes, it is the gospel seed, but it's, it's, it's also the seed that has been given into your hand and the ability to steward that seed and scatter it and give it away. And so I'm excited to see what God wants to show us this morning through this text. And to set up this text, I wanna I want to just talk about the whole idea of Luke's chapter six, where we found ourselves many times, but it says this real quickly in verse 43 through 45. It says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks God talks about our heart oftentimes and he talks about the whole idea of giving and generosity and he talks in this moment Jesus is speaking and he's saying that that the fruit of your labor and the fruit of your tree will be that which has been deposited in your heart and you know this to be true right like we don't get apples from banana trees. You know that to be true. Uh, we, we, we don't get strawberries from carrots. It's impossible. Like the, the fruit is known by the seed that was within the heart. And out of our life is a life of kingdom work and kingdom impact that God has made us to expand in this great way. And, and Jesus makes note that there is a good person And out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And we know that nothing is good except for God. Amen. Everything that God touches, everything that God is a part of is good. And therefore, those who are of God will produce good fruit, will produce great fruit, will produce what God has intended all along. And one way that we see this moment and we can see what kind of Fruit that we will bear is in the moment of generosity, in our giving, in being generous, we see that there is much fruit to be had. We're going to find ourselves in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And as we are good trees bearing good fruit and moving forward, we have Paul talking to the church of Corinth. This is his second letter that he talks to them. You know, his first letter, you remember that. It was a harsh rebuke. And then his second moment, he actually goes and visits them and rebukes them in person and also encourages them because he may have been a little harsh in tone, encouraged them. And then second Corinthians is this moment of continually loving the church in Corinth, loving this church and spurring them on. And we find in chapter eight and chapter nine in this particular letter, Paul is talking about generosity And he's taking up an offering for the church in Jerusalem. Because you know what happened in Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem is where temple worship happened. It's where many Jews would go. And their economical system was set up around the temple. And as a result, many people were employed through the temple worship. They were employed through taking in the sacrifices for cleaning, etc. But many of those people we're coming to faith, coming to know Jesus, and we're becoming Christian. And as a result, their economy suffered because they no longer participated in some of the ritual acts of that moment in Jerusalem. So Paul is taking up an offering and he's encouraging the church in Corinth to be generous for believers in Jerusalem. How many you know God wants you to be generous? Yes. Two people know that. God wants you to be generous. How many you know God wants you to be generous? Come on. I know we're comfortable this morning, but God wants us to be generous. He wants us to do this. And so Second Corinthians nine, six through eleven, we're going to get into this. But I want to just I want to preface this real quickly with this moment is that sometimes when the church talks about money, it's because. They talk out of need, maybe because they're not hitting the budget. How many you know that's true? That's just reality. They're not hitting the budget. They're not hitting the dollars. They're in a deficit. I want to just applaud our church because you have been a generous people. And if anything, this passage is going to affirm your generosity because you have given above and beyond your tithe and offering. You have given to the storehouse, to God's church here at Luminous, and we have met budget, we have exceeded budget, and God continues to provide so that the work of the gospel can continue to go forth. So give yourself a big hand for that. Come on, somebody. So we're not talking today from a deficit. And I'm grateful for that. It's easier to talk about money when, when, you don't, when, you, when you're making all the bills. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. The point is this. you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce Thanksgiving to God as we're talking about seeds this morning, we're talking about growth. We've been talking about growing our church, growing our church spiritually, growing our church in the word, growing us in our love for one another, seeing the kingdom of God grow in us. And the growth that we see is delightful growth in this passage. That God is delighted when you give and you give generously. There is a moment of delight that happens when you are a cheerful giver to the Lord. How many know that's true? God loves a cheerful giver. The word here is hilarious. Like giving so much where you start to giggle. Have you ever done that before where you are planning to give to somebody and you want to do it in a way where they don't know? Have you ever done an anonymous gift before? I remember like my wife and I, we would give to certain people and we do it sometimes anonymously. Sometimes we do it straightforward. And, and it, it does something in you where you start to giggle like, oh, man, this is awesome. Look what we get to be a part of. Look what we get to do. This is amazing. I love giving in this way. This is what God loves. He delights in it, it says. He delights when we give in that way. God delights when you give cheerfully. This is what he wants for us. But how many of you know That there's resistance to growth. As we're growing in generosity, we're growing in a spirit of giving in our church. We're growing in a spirit of giving throughout. There is resistance to growth, especially when it comes to finances. Can I get an amen? There's resistance that comes up against us. Uh, The message was to say this uh, in verse 6. A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I love that word stingy because it feels so true sometimes when it comes to generosity. That, that I feel a little stingy when it comes to giving my money away. I, I have found this to be true in my life. I see it true in other people's life. But But the writer, Paul, is very frank. If you're stingy, you're going to get a stingy crop. And there's this law that happens w- between sowing and reaping. And it's God's law. We know God's law, right? We all believe that there's laws that God set up in humanity. You know that to be true, like gravity. Gravity is a law that he has set up, right? If I think I can jump off a building and fly, I will be wrong every time. And you will be wrong also. You can't defy certain laws. He has set them up, and one of those laws is sowing and reaping. It's this principle that he set up, and we see it to be true. It's like when... When you treat other people kindly, you find yourself reciprocating that, don't you? When you're like nice to your neighbors, how many know it's good to be nice to your neighbors? If You're trying to reach your neighbors, pray for your neighbors, tell them about Jesus. It's actually good to like be nice to them. And when you find yourself going out and being nice to them, you find it being reciprocated, don't you? Oftentimes you do now. There is a moment or two. You have that one neighbor and there's just some resistance there, but they will come around. They'll come around. Trust me. You just keep telling good stuff over their life. Keep keep lavishing them with great things and watch what God does in this work. In verse seven, it says each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Now, now this is a, a resistance to giving as well. Is I used to read this verse as under manipulation, you know, where, oh, man, we can't manipulate people into giving. Have you found that to, like when you're speaking about it, maybe you're discipling somebody and you want to see the blessing in their life. You want to God just pour out everything he has for them. And you're trying to move in this way of not manipulating, but doing the dance. And, and I found this to be true in life. But but actually. This word has nothing to do with manipulation. And I was free as studying this scripture this week. It's actually that it's reluctant or under compulsion. The whole idea under compulsion where you're looking for man's approval. That whole idea is you're looking for other people's approval. You see, people often give because they want to be applauded for their generosity. And that is their motivation for giving is to be applauded by others. And so they give so that they they can be applauded. They give more so they can be applauded more. And they're looking for the applause of other people. And they're looking for this gratification from them. There's also this moment of law spoken here. This 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 the, the reluctant and compulsion in this moment. There's this moment of law where it's. It's how you begin to get closer to God when you obey his law that was written in the Old Testament. And if you obey this just right to the to the to the degree, right, then then what happens is that you are favored and highly approved. So oftentimes in giving, we're trying to earn people's approval and we're trying to earn God's approval. And that's our motivation for Generosity. But that is not what Paul is instructing us to do. Don't give so other people can give you applause. And don't give so just to find yourself trying to earn God's favor. But actually give cheerfully because it is exactly what he's put in your heart, instructed in your heart. And as he gives to you, you're able to give to others. You've heard this said oftentimes that we're just conduits of generosity. It's like God will just, it says this, he supplies seed to the sower. And it's like, it's like God just starts raining down blessing in your life and it gets into your heart. And out of your heart, you overflow with generosity towards other people. This is what God wants for us, and it's out of this moment seeing ourselves like this, that this is a joy and something that we get to do and not have to do. How many of you love that? I was was talking to my wife yesterday, and everybody's like, you got to go home? Yeah, I got to preach. And I, I corrected myself. I get to preach. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. What an opportunity to stand up here and read God's word to his church and encourage one another. How many of you know that's true? When you have a get-to attitude, it begins to unlock the fullness of God, and it becomes fun and joyful. And if you play victim where you have to, I have to go to work, I have to go to church, I have to love my wife, I have to parent my kids, I have to go to school, what happens is you become defeated, and nobody wants to be around you. But God is releasing inside of you a get-to attitude, a heart of blessing, and he's given you the ability to give. And this is what I love about God, is that he has given you the ability to give. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. Translated, uh, you're you're faithful with with the moment of discipleship. You're faithful with praying for that person. You're faithful of giving that word that God has put on your heart for that other person. You're faithful in in dropping off that gift for that person. You're faithful in caring and loving for somebody. God will continue to give you more and more because you're trusted. you, You will find yourself trustworthy. But when we look at this, oftentimes what inhibits our growth is this whole idea is we're wanting approval by God. We're wanting approval by people, and the truth is we just don't trust God. Have you found that to be true? You just don't trust him. It's oftentimes why when God pours the seed in you, you hold on to it, and then you dictate when you get to put it out there. It's calculated giving. You know what I mean? It's so calculated. It's like calculated by by your portfolio, your means, everything that you've said, everything you set out for. It's your, your particular envelope, which I, we have a giving envelope too. But what I mean by this is you want control over that which God has given. And you hold on to it. Because you don't trust him because you're afraid. If God says give to that, if God says I want you to tithe and I want you to trust me in that if God says, I want you to go bless that family, if God says, I want you to give to that missionary, if God begins to say, I want you to open your door to that neighbor and I want you to start feeding them, you're afraid that nothing more will come in. You don't trust him. You don't trust the supplier. And I found this to be true. And when it comes to generosity, this is the moment that God moves and he tests us. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me with all that I have and all that I am? You see, growth is participatory and it's practical. Growth is participatory and practical. And I'm going to give you some application today on how you can begin to be generous in all that you do. The first thing that we need to do is we just need to start. Everybody say, just start. You just need to start giving. You just need to move in that moment where you start doing it. So many of us, we just, it, it, it's like analysis by paralysis where we're like, well, how much do I give? When do I give? Do I give to that person? Maybe not that person. Maybe that person. Do I give into that offering box? Oh, maybe the next offering box. Do I give to this church? Maybe the next church I go to. Maybe I'll just wait. And you never start. It's the one day that you say, you know, when I make a little more money, then I'll start tithing. Because, you know, we all have budgets in here, and some of your budgets you just spend until the bank counts zero. But we have budgets in here, and we have that moment, and it's this moment where it's like, okay, everything is already allocated. I- I've done this. You do the spreadsheets. Everything's already allocated. Okay, the house payment, the car payment, the eating out, the entertainment, the Disney World trip, the vacation, whatever it is. It's all allocated. So, Lord, when I make more, then I'll start. But the thing is, it's interesting how any time that you make more, something else comes up. You found that to be true? Something else starts to creep up and starts to take the place of what you were going to allocate for that gift. It's why God loves when you start giving your first. Because your first says, I will trust you that you're going to get the last. I will give my first, God, you take care of the last and watch what he does. I want to tell you my story, and this is not to brag and this is not to to get attention or boast. But I do think it is important to be transparent. And so go with me here. I I, I hope this is in a humble way. But I grew up seeing my mom write the check at church. She would write the check, and she would wait for the offering, and she put it in, and sometimes we got to put it in for her. And it was so fun, and it was so great. My first paying job was refereeing soccer in sixth grade. And I'll never forget my first check and getting my first check, cashing it, and being able to set aside a tenth of that to give in that offering. And so that's what I did. I, I refed soccer, I got a tent, and I gave him the offering in sixth grade. In ninth grade, I had a, a job where I worked in the oil field, and I cleaned up an oil field yard, and I worked all summer. And I looked forward to every time I got paid, because when I got paid, I got to give to the Lord. When I was a busser at Black Eyed Pea, no, not the band, the restaurant, and when I did that, and I got a check, I couldn't wait to take off the tenth and give it to God's house. And when I moved to Best Buy and I went there, I couldn't wait for the check to come so I could give God his offering. And then later in college, I worked for an Internet company and I couldn't wait to get that check and give to the offering. And later on, I became a janitor of a church and, and I couldn't wait to give to the offering. And then I became the youth pastor and I couldn't wait to give to the offering. Then I was a college pastor and and brandy was starting to work and now we were both able to contribute and give and it was such a joy, so much fun. We love to do it and we started giving and then we started planning the church and 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 I'm telling you, church planning, you don't know if anybody's gonna give in that box. You don't know. But I couldn't wait to give. Because I was like, man, God, you've been providing when I was in sixth grade. You've been providing when I was in 10th grade. You've been providing when I was in college. You provided when I was a janitor. You provided when I was a youth pastor. You did it in college ministry. You're going to do it in this church plant. And I kept giving and giving and giving. And then, and then we flipped a couple of houses, and I couldn't wait to give off of that. And I want to tell you, it's a joy to give to God's house. And I've never, never regretted it. And so I want you to just start. Everybody say, just start. Because if you can be faithful with $100, you'll be faithful with $100,000. you will be faithful with the $10 million. God will continue to bless and add to you. And what happens is it frees you from any control money will have over your life. God, I trust you. I trust that you're going to do it. I trust that you're going to provide. As I give and I'm a conduit, you will continue to move. And I know that you're going to move this good heart for good works for the glory of God. This is what God wants for your life. The second thing that you can just practically do, you're like, Pastor, I got no job. I don't have a job. I don't make any money. Then just serve with your time. Give your time away. Join a serve team, get on a night team, set up a light, watch some babies in the back. I mean, watch what God does. We've been serving every other Friday night at Hill Country Daily Bread at Luminous Loves. And it is so much fun. It's just like we're giving our life away. We're just there and we're loving people and serving people and building community. And God is thoroughly blessed by it. The third thing that we can do is we can share the love of God wherever we go. The third thing you can do is share the love of God wherever you go. Just look for opportunities to give. My wife and I, we used to have an envelope system. Remember when you used to carry cash? Now people don't take cash. It's so weird. How do you not take money? And we used to have an envelope, and it was just a, it was just a give envelope. And we just got to bless people and give and look for opportunities. It was the opportunity where you could just pay it forward. You could be in the, the drive through line, and you pay for the person behind you, and you would just bless them. It was the moments that we just got to slip certain money to certain people who needed it. It was, it was seeing people randomly shopping in clothing stores and just being able to be generous and buying whatever they were going to buy and just blessing them and being an overflow of blessing. Share the love of God wherever you go. What's amazing is when you trust God, you live God like this, it moves you into a spirit living life. A generous life will move you into a spirit living life. Because what happens is you give something practically You're giving generously with your money, monetarily, but what God will do in your life is now you'll start praying about where the practical, tangible dollar is going to go. And when you start praying about where it's tangibly going to go, it moves you into walking in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, Galatians says... We should also walk by the spirit, that we should begin to be a spirit people looking to move in this city on where God wants you to move. So if we think about it and we look at it, it's like, God, where do you want me to give today? And it moves you into prayer. It moves you into trusting him. And then the dangerous prayer is not where do you want me to give, but how much do you want me to give? Whoa, we don't like that prayer. That prayer is scary because I want to determine how much to give. And the dangerous part of that is sometimes you'll give so much away that you overextend yourself, you exhaust yourself. You've given so much emotion, so many things that you find yourself burnt out. That could be one moment, but then there's this other moment where you give too little. And you start moving in a place of trying to be God in either or. But God wants you to be God. He wants you to move, and he wants you to pray. And when you do, watch God do something amazing. I love the idea and the moment of generosity. Because when we give, God is truly glorified. He's truly glorified when we give and god is an abundant god and he's able to give with whatever measure he's called you to give to whatever he's put on your life he's equipped you and he's given you all the resources for that which he has called you to do this is the amazing part of the partnership with god As we listen to God, as we move with God, and we partner with him, that he is able to give you everything. Everything. Everybody say everything. He is a God who is able to do more than you could ever think, ask, or imagine. And God will continually show up and continually pour out for you. I've seen him do it all the time. God loves a cheerful giver. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, that you trust him and that you trust what he's going to do. I'm going to invite Josh to come up, and we're going to do a listening prayer, a moment of hearing Jesus, and just begin to apply this to our life, and what does that look like for us? What I'm excited about is, is God is already moving us in a great way. He's moving us to be a generous people. If you want to grow, you must be generous. This is what God says. If you want to grow, you must be generous. This is what he wants for your life. So the questions that we have to ask not just ourselves, but we have to ask God. Because if you ask yourself questions, you can you can constantly answer your own questions with whatever you want to believe. How many know that's true? Like, I love asking myself questions because then I will answer them in a great way and I feel so good. But when you ask Jesus a question, he will encourage you, but sometimes he'll probe you a little bit. Sometimes he'll move in a way to challenge you and bring attention in your life because his heart for you is to not stay where you are today. What I love about seeds is we're seeing growth. And growth is different than stagnation. Oftentimes, we've seen the church and seen people in our culture and city, they're stagnated. They feel like they're just not going anywhere. And you know what happens with stagnation, right? It eventually becomes toxic. And that toxicity begins to bleed in every area of their life and out of their life. And on other people. But God has called Luminous Church to grow. And not to be stagnant. He's called you to be loving. He's called you to move and be generous. He's called you in a great way for great work. So I'd love for you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I love these environments because we can listen to Jesus wherever we are in any moment, but there's something powerful when the community comes together to listen to the heart of God. And the first question that I want you to ask to Jesus is this, Jesus, have I been trusting you with my finances? Jesus, have I been trusting you with my finances and usually the Lord will just speak a yes a no sometimes you'll get a picture an affirmation and then I want you to ask this question Jesus how do you want me to participate do you want me to participate in generosity father we thank you for speaking to us your children we don't want to do this to win your approval we don't want to do this for the applause of man we want to do this because we love you because we delight in you because we want to bring you glory God that you would receive glory direct us to be a generous people Led by the Holy Spirit. Give in a great way. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everybody say, amen.